morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for April 16, 2017. Oyoko Bose here. So very, very glad you joined us on this Easter morning. Happy Easter, everyone. You know, <laughs> culturally, in our society, I think Easter, like many holidays, uh, is not only a important religious holiday for Christians, but social holiday for many people. And I remember many Buddhist families, um, they treated it as such, especially for their, when they have children, young children. Many young daughters would get their new outfits every spring, and many families uh, colored Easter eggs and, and had an Easter egg hunt. So that's really nice. I remember in terms of uh, in the religious context that my father wrote about Easter and uh, his essay was printed in his book, The Center Within. So I thought I'd share that with you this morning and read this article. It's titled Easter. On Easter, all Christians throughout the world celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, the Christ. An individual, Jesus, became the Christ. I don't know if this idea is traditional theology or not, but when Paul Tillich lectured at the University of Chicago many years ago, he said, Jesus became Christ. This was the first time I had heard such an interpretation. It seems to me that we Buddhists have a similar interpretation. We feel an individual man, Gautama, became Buddha. Now, Jesus carried the cross up to Calvary. This is very important. Even though he was crushed, he lived up to his true life. He could not be dishonest to himself. Let the rulers of society kill him. In the face of execution, he was unafraid. He had something beyond death. Though he died physically, he did not die. He lived all the more by dying. Our life is something like that. There is something worthy in all of us. It can be called the true self, the Buddha, or Christ. It doesn't matter. Each of us has something to live up to. Compared to this something, death doesn't matter. Confucius said, this physical body is lighter than the single hair of an ox. It is life which has weight. We will give up the physical body kind of life. If one finds the way in the morning and dies that same evening, life was still worthwhile. One should not be afraid to die. One should be afraid of killing one's own true life. Resurrection means the awakening of this true life. This was Christ's greatness. He accepted all conditions and was never defeated by circumstances. 
He lived his true life. This spirit has provided great inspiration. The important thing is to discover what we are and be what we are. Assume complete responsibility for yourself. Even if the whole world is against you, what of it? No one can really stop your true life. We have to awaken this life in ourselves. In Christian terminology, this is the resurrection of the Christ in each individual life. Each individual should become a Christ, just as Jesus became a Christ. This is how I interpret Easter. Yeah. (laughs) I always remember this essay. I think it's very similar for when we talked about Buddha's celebrating Buddha's birth in uh, Mahayana tradition that is that the Dharma message is not just a holiday, religious holiday uh, long time in the past in another faraway location it's right here, right now This religious significance of Gautama's birth is that it has to be your spiritual birth. That's the crucial thing. And in the same way for Easter, for Christians, to celebrate this holiday in a religious sense, it has to be one's own resurrection. Not just celebration long time ago in a faraway place. The significance has to be right here, right now in an individual's life. I think that's a great um, teaching. And it comes in the form of being connected to a religious holiday, but that's every. This is every day. <laughs> Life is short. There's a saying, right? Life is too short to whatever. It's too short to let any day go by without realizing that, hey, I should bloom like that flower over there 100%, regardless of any kind of conditions. Why did I get planted in this crummy spot or... Hey, no one's around to appreciate me. I, maybe I won't bloom 100%. <laughs> of course, we don't mean to subscribe uh, anthropomorphic uh, thoughts and feelings to a flower, although we could if we wanted to. But nevertheless, by looking at things in nature, there's an opportunity for great teaching every day. Okay. Let me introduce today's guest to give us a Dharma glimpse, Patty Cayo. Uh, she was a member of LM4, and at that time they lived in Southern California, but after she and her husband, Doug, who went through the program with her, one of the maybe three or four couples, really great, 
But when they both retired and they left Southern California and they retired to up in the Northwest uh, near the Seattle area and uh, enjoying themselves up there. So, without further ado, Eddie Cayo. Good morning, Bright Donners. I recently had an operation, and even though I needed it for 10 years, I couldn't muster the courage to get it done until it was no longer an option. Well, one benefit of putting it off was that in the last 10 years, what was once a major operation had become an outpatient procedure, but it still required at-home convalescence. So my daughter and my husband helped me through this period, And like it or not, I was forced to remain idle with my thoughts while being waited on. About day three of laying low, I had an unexpected insight. I began to understand my typical daily situation and routines in a different light. Being removed from my daily chores gave me the time and space for a little clarity about something I've been struggling with. In a way, I think I experienced what Shunru Suzuki called beginner's mind. Suzuki said, if your mind is empty, it is always ready for anything. It is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. But in the expert's mind, there are few. So with this break in my routine, I began to see possibilities that my expert's mind had discarded. I had become an expert at mindlessly carrying out my homemaker duties and many aspects of my routine I felt were never-ending, ungratifying, and out of proportion to the benefit. I'm sure half the world feels like this. But even after retiring to our version of paradise in the Pacific Northwest, I was focusing more on the drudgery and not the beauty all around me. And getting up there in years means the drudgery is taking me longer to get through. So I had become a human doing, not a human being. As much as I wasn't looking forward to the surgery, as with all changes, something unexpected and useful came out of it. Being forced to take a break made me realize I wasn't looking forward to getting back to my usual routine. Since I couldn't make the routine go away, I needed a new approach. What I've been reminded of is that it's important for me to occasionally create an environment to have beginner's minds. Throughout the ages, we've been told to stop and smell the roses, but how often do we heed this advice unless something forces us to pay attention? Like a squirming puppy that must be held down until it relaxes, I struggled against what my inner wisdom was telling me. And as I've heard Reverend Coyo say, I was ignoring what was important for the merely urgent about 20 times a day. So as usual... With this newfound perspective, I now have all the best intentions of incorporating some mental breaks into my day, as well as some mindfulness. It's funny how daily meditation used to be part of our practice, but our puppies, who have ruled our lives 24-7 for the past year, have taken over. Again, sacrificing what's important for the merely urgent. I haven't figured out how to make the chores go away, but I can put more emphasis on doing them mindfully changing the routine, and there's always don't do it if you don't want to. But what I've mostly learned is that mental space is important for me to recharge. Hopefully I'll be able to create that space without having to experience experience another medical event. Um, Spring is here, so here's to new beginnings. Thank you for listening. 
you very much. Yeah, <laughs> you know, medical situations are like uh, life is hitting a pause button and our routine has changed and we could see things with fresh eyes. I think that's a, you know, tremendous awareness of of the Dharma. Dharma means, for the word Dharma, has a lot of definitions in Buddhism. Um, it means, of course, the teachings. It means the law or the truth. But Dharma also means phenomenal things. That means everything in in the world. Dharma is you know, this object, that object, and things. I think that's, I don't want to say subtle, but it means that Everything's a teaching. That's how I would. And uh, we could even, sometimes I don't know where I got this, but when something um, difficult occurs in one's life, a situation, you know, or, um, you know, medical health situation or, or an accident happens, a person slips is in a hurry and slips on the stairs and breaks their leg. And I said, oh, the broken leg Buddha paid you a visit, huh? Telling you to slow down and, you know, be careful, pay attention. Okay? Or, oh, the flu Buddha paid you a visit. I hope it was a short visit. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and, of course, instead of fighting it and saying, oh, why did I get sick or I get, you know, and uh, missing this, or I have to do this, and say, well, when you're sick, you can be sick. You know, you gotta. Uh, even though it's an unwelcome guest that came into your house, your inner house, you know, uh, came to have the attitude of you know, being a Buddha, meaning that came with some teachings. <laughs> That's why we say like, uh, or if we don't, sometimes using the word bodhisattva okay, as a giver of a teaching. Yeah. Even the rude drivers are bodhisattvas teaching us patience. And I love the sense of humor. person said, yeah, I know, but there's just too many doggone bodhisattvas driving around. <laughs> well, I'd like to close with... Um, I thought Patty Kyle had an interesting phrase where, you know, she was saying that um, this this illness made her just convalesce. And it made her realize that she was always busy doing this, doing that, doing this. And I never heard this, the phrase that she said was that I was a human doing rather than a human being. <laughs> I never heard that before, but yeah, sometimes there's so many important things to do. Uh, we do get busy, and uh, we have to, a lot of urgent. It's not just a high level, some busy business executive that gets caught by this, oh, I got, you know, 
I got all these responsibilities and okay, and they and they feel the pressure and the stress, which is understandable, but then they start yelling and getting you know <laughs> scapegoating or taking it out on subordinates or the secretary or whatever or even at home they they bring it home and uh they're forgetting what's truly important just because they got to deal with the merely urgent and um to be a human being instead instead of a being a human doing a human being I mean, be here and now you know uh being B E I N G, but part of that is B, B E. To just be, uh, and that reminded me. Just flashed my associations was Kyle's husband Doug. He was uh, uh, in the Navy, and on a ship, he would always remember over the loudspeaker. They they prefaced announcements with. Now hear this, now hear this, and after he went and attended our program and finding teachings all over, everywhere, when he uh, remembered this or something reminded him of this, now hear this, he he switched the the spelling and the meaning of the middle word. Instead of here, H-E-A-R, he changed it to H-E-R-E. So now that very familiar thing, that that phrase that, you know, is embedded in his memory because of his naval training on ships, mindfulness kicks in and he says, now, hear this. means, hey, pay attention to right here. <laughs> be a human being. <laughs> well, that's my that's my two cents, maybe four cents. Inflation. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a beautiful day. Thank you.